Thank you for tuning in to the Radio Bible Course. We're continuing our study of Hebrews chapter 4. And the writer in verse 2 has told these first century Hebrews who have claimed to believe in Jesus Christ, he said, for good news came to us just as to them, referring to the Hebrews of the Old Testament. What is the good news that has come to us? That Jesus Christ paid the penalty which the law demanded, and now God is free to righteously forgive everyone who believes in that Savior. And what is eternal life? Well, it's life without end, but it's also life with God in a place which God has prepared for us. It's a place where we'll be changed and live forever with our God. We call it heaven. It's an incredible place, indescribable. If you have traveled throughout the United States of America, or if you have traveled to Switzerland or Austria or other beautiful places, you are awed by the fact that God has given us a marvelous creation. But friends, wait till you see heaven. This is nothing. It's incredible. Now, we're not so concerned about what it looks like as we are the person who is going to be there. And in most cases in the Bible, it's not the place that's important. It's the person who's important. And the person there is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the Jehovah of the Old Testament, the one who rose from the dead and is victor over death. Well, that's the good news, briefly, that we have heard. But what is the good news that they heard? Well, much of that is found in Exodus chapter 23. We get details of the blessings that God promised he would give to Israel in bringing them into their own land. Now, they were slaves for many years in the land of Egypt. They had been a people without a country. But God told their father Abraham that he and his children would possess the promised land. In Exodus chapter 23, God said, quote, I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. He also said he would drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Hivites gradually to prevent a problem of wild beasts multiplying. Now listen to verse 30 of that chapter in Exodus. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you are increased and possess the land. That's the good news preached to them, and God promised that he would be with them during that journey. In Numbers chapter 14, Joshua and Caleb, who were among those who spied out the land, said to the murmuring congregation of Israel, quote, The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. And do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. These people knew of God's covenant with Abraham. They were not ignorant of God repeating his promise to Isaac and Jacob. They sat around the campfires recalling how God has chosen them and delivered them from Egypt. The little boys of Israel heard their fathers and their Jewish mothers praise the God of Israel for watching over this people 
They convinced the children that of all the nations in the world, only Israel was given the word of the one true God. But the parents did not believe God. They were God's people by association, not by personal faith. One lesson we have learned from the Old Testament is that association with religion or the things of God can be very deceiving. And I emphasize association with the things of God. Nothing wrong with the things of God. But some people feel if they simply appear with other Christians or go to church or come under the hearing of the Word of God, that then they automatically belong to the people of God. How deceived the children of Israel were in the Old Testament who marched under the banner of God. They were recipients of prophecy, of signs such as the mountain trembling, lightning and thunder, and the earth quaked. There were healings, such as in the case of the serpents who bit them, and God gave them a remedy for that snake bite. And there were physical blessings, such as bread and quail provided along the way and water from a rock. But none of these were assurances that God was pleased with them. Hebrews 11, verse 6, puts it pretty well. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. The children of Israel had blessings from God. They had prophets and they had signs. But they also had something else. They had doubt in their hearts. Didn't they hear God's message? Was there no word from God? God did speak, and God made promises. And he told them what he would do for them. They heard it, but they did not believe it. That's why Romans 10.17 points out that faith comes by hearing, and hearing is certainly comforting. But God wanted a response from these people. Faith. Hearing generates faith if we let it. Hearing stimulates faith if we will believe that God will do what he promised to do. But Israel did not. Some Hebrews in the first century did not. And we may not. If God spoke to you from heaven, would you believe? If God gave you a vision, would you believe? What if he sent an angel to tell you about something that was going to happen? Would you believe well, there was a man in the New Testament who had an angel visit him and told him things, but he didn't believe. Now, I bring this out because there are so many people who think that if they had some kind of a dramatic experience, that that would result in faith. No, friends, experiences don't result in faith. You believe when you have the Word of God and you are convinced that it is the Word of God and that God will do what He promised to do. Now, Zechariah received the Word of God from an angel. It's written in Luke chapter 1, verse 8. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty according to the custom of the priesthood, it fell to him by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside. 
at the hour of incense. There appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Then it tells us later that Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things come to pass, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Here was a man who was hearing it from an angel, and there was no doubt that he was hearing it, but he didn't believe it because the promise sounded too good, and so does the promise of eternal salvation. And people say, it can't be that easy. What can't be easy? The promise of God is that eternal life is a gift of God. And it's not easy to receive a gift. Well, not if you're proud. Not if you refuse to take something from someone else. And there are some people who are like that. They want to pay for what they get. And they want to earn the salvation that is offered. But God isn't selling and God isn't trading. God is giving. And he justifies only the ungodly. So if you're not ungodly, or at least think you're not ungodly, you better rethink this whole thing. Because God sees us as very ungodly. And he sent Christ to save the ungodly. He justifies people who do not justify themselves. We can be very much like Zechariah, who might have thought, well, I must be okay with God because God sent an angel to speak to me, and I've had that experience. But it's obvious from the story that God was not pleased with him. He wouldn't believe God. Now, when we doubt God, what are we doing? We are implying that God is a liar. The Apostle John says it that way in First John chapter 5. If you don't believe the record that God gave of his son, you make God a liar. And this is the record that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son does not have life. The question that Zechariah asked after getting the promise from the angel was, how can I know this or how can I be sure of this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And people today who hear the gospel say, How can this be? I never did enough good things to get to heaven. The good news is that Christ was good for us. When God offers salvation to sinners, he is not looking at them. He is looking at his Son, who fulfilled all that his holy and righteous law demanded of the sinner. Christ fulfilled it. He took our judgment. He took our punishment. And God is free to forgive. Now, that's good news. 
Now, what was Zachariah's problem? His was a case of the word not being mixed with faith. And that's what we have in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message which they heard did not benefit them because it did not meet with faith in the hearers. Now, today we have a word of God, and we have it in writing, and it has been verified. And we even had Jesus' word before he was crucified, that this word would come to us when the Spirit was sent. He called him the Spirit of truth who would guide the apostles into all truth and show them things to come. And we have that word But for some reason, people aren't content to trust that word. They want something more than that, apparently. A sensation, or a feeling, or an experience. The word of God, to them, doesn't seem to be enough. But that's exactly what the writer to the Hebrews said. The message that was given to them, that word of God, did not get the response of faith. You may know someone who doesn't have faith, or you think he doesn't have faith, and perhaps he's struggling and has doubts, do him a favor. Give him one of our free grace booklets. If you don't have one, write for it. Ask for the free grace booklet. But don't send money. This is free. We want to help. To our listeners in the Baton Rouge area, we invite you to visit our Sunday morning Bible class. That class is free, and it meets at 9.15 each Sunday morning. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calabota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.